And we are recording. Are you ready to start, Hayden? Okay. All right. And... Welcome to Trickaholic, another Star Trek podcast. And now, here is your host, Albie. Hello and welcome back to Trekaholic. Tonight, my guest... Tonight's guest... Is Hayden McQueenie. Hey, Hayden, what's uh, going on? Hey, Albie. Uh, look, you may as well call me Fabio because I can't believe it's not Quantum Leap. <laughs> it is not Quantum Leap tonight, huh? We, we don't usually do I anything know. that doesn't involve Quantum Leap, but this kind of does involve Quantum Leap tonight. Uh, what's the episode we're talking about tonight? Well, the episode we're talking about is Detained, and the reason that you thought I might enjoy this one is because not only has it got Scott Bakula as the main star, obviously, but also uh, an awesome guest starring role by Dean Stockwell. Yes, and they're back and together. And they're our leading men from Quantum Leap. Yep. If anybody has watched Enterprise and not Quantum Leap, that's kind of strange because it's uh, both Scott Bakula. Although I haven't watched the newest seasons of uh, NCIS New Orleans. Yeah, although Dean Stockwell has done a guest appearance in that one too. And did, did you see that one? I have to say, I, I have seen that one, and mm-hmm. it seems like a theme with whenever Dean Stockwell get back, gets back together with Scott Bakula, he plays an utter bastard. That's weird, uh, right? I guess they don't yeah. want the same dynamic, which is weird because that's why we all tune in, I think, is to have that dynamic again. You know, that little like one more bonus episode of Quantum Leap, which these kind are, this one and the New Orleans one. But okay, uh, l- tell me a little bit about yourself. Because uh, for people who don't know you, you're uh, famous on the internet. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that famous. Infamous, maybe. <laughs> so famous, um, you're infamous. Uh, let's just say uh, I'm the bad boy of the Quantum Leap podcast crew. People do try to keep me on a very short <laughs> leash. but <laughs> I do have yeah, all so our uh, uh, social media admins uh, on the ready. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm a co-executive producer of the Quantum Leap podcast. Albie got me on the series very, very early on because mm-hmm. I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> and uh, and since then also I've started co-hosting the Starbright Project mm-hmm. podcast. And that's going so well. lots of Quantum Leap stuff going on. <laughs> okay, and we'll talk about all the things you're doing later also. Tell me a little bit how you got into Star Trek. I know the answer to this, um, but it's going to be fun to hear. <laughs> uh, let's just say uh, my good friend Albie is a very big Trekaholic fan or Star Trek fan, whatever it is you want to call it. Yep. And he peer pressured me into it. I was afraid I'd get beaten up if I didn't. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I'd, I'd come all the way to the uh, other end of the globe. Oh, tell people where you're from. You're, you're not from the States, are you? No. Well, look. I don't know if they could tell from the accent. The flat earthers aren't going to like me, but I'm from Australia. <laughs> yes, we do exist. So are you or on this I... this side of the ice wall or the other side of the ice wall? Oh, well, I must be on the cold side because mm. it's freezing here. How is like, it freezing uh, in the summer? Do you call it the summer or is it the winter there? Oh, it's winter here. And so, like, hmm. yeah, let's just say I'm recording from my little storeroom where I have a little office set up because I'm working entirely from home now. And uh, yeah, let's just say my feet are numb. I've got no feeling left. (laughs) So like uh, when there's Easter egg hunts, the eggs get frozen. How does that work? Do you have that? Well, Easter is in, um, I want to say, yeah. So autumn. Okay. So like leaves and stuff are falling. Yeah. It's not, it's not overly cold in Easter. 
No, but uh, but uh, you know, going to the beach during Christmas time is always fun. Santa, Santa in the beach attire. I've seen some of those pictures. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to show you an ad that uh, I think it was Aldi. That's one of our supermarkets here. Oh, we have that here, Aldi. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they put up an ad at the end of last year about <laughs> a group of Americans came for an Aussie Christmas and told everyone off for for eating prawns and for <laughs> being in singlets and thongs and you don't do that at Christmas. <laughs> and uh, by the end of it, they're ripping their sleeves off and loving it. So, <laughs> mm. even though uh, I'm in the tropics here in Florida, we still have that three weeks of winter, so it works out. It's like I wish I lived in a part of I wish I lived in a part of the world where there was only three weeks of winter, and preferably no virus. Oh, we're the epicenter right now. So, mm. well, we're the epicenter in Australia here too. I'm in Melbourne. Yeah, but, uh, hundreds versus uh, our thousands, numbers are nowhere near as bad as America's. Though, so I'm, uh, I'm quite uh, pleased about that. I wonder if your government listened to scientists. Um, at times. <laughs> hey, that's 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 a start. That's something. Yeah. That's more than what we got. So, um, well, look, they could be doing a lot worse. I don't like our government very much, but they could be doing a lot worse. Hmm. Uh, detained. That's what we're talking about tonight. The Scott Bakula and uh, episode of uh, Enterprise that has a guest star of Dean Stockwell. Back together again, the Quantum Leap Boys. Uh, what were your first impressions of this going into it cold without knowing Star Trek at all? Um, well, I liked it uh, when the – what was his name? Mayweather. Mm-hmm woke up and had a look around and got scared by the guys that look like the exfoliating brushes. Um, <laughs> the Suliban. The Suliban, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured that they were probably people that they have come across in the past mm-hmm. who have tried to kill them, and mm-hmm. uh, they did the bait and switch where the, the Suliban in this case were the good guys and um, the human or somewhat human Humanoid. Uh, people, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Hologram with uh, a little thing guys. on their nose. Yeah, so look, it, it it sucked me in straight away, and then the theme song started, and I started bursting out with laughter, and it took me a while to figure out why I was laughing at this theme song. <laughs> it, it's I don't even all these years later, just hearing that song made this association in my head of something to laugh at. And it took me ages to figure out that I was remembering um, the first time I'd heard that song, and it was by... Uh, a person auditioning for Australian Idol many, many, many years ago <laughs> and th- the very worst audition they've ever had. <laughs> Let me play a and, little uh, bit of that now, okay? So, okay. It's been a long world. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> okay. It's been a long time. I remember you sent me that, and I, I have seen uh, some Australian Idol, but uh, I didn't see that one. Yeah. Are you actually going to play that, or is it? Uh, are you going to put that in later? Uh, we'll put that in in post. Okay. Uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> okay. Um, so a lot of people that are Star Trek fans did not like that theme song and still don't like that theme song because all the other Star Trek uh, programs have like an orchestral opening theme, like nice, slow, and oh, kind of like this one. No, that was Jurassic Park. But why is that in my head anyway? But uh, a lot of people hate it. But there's uh, memes going around lately. Uh, Star Trek fans are weird. If it's not original Star Trek, they hate it. And then if it's not Next Generation, they hate it. And it's been, I think, 19 years since Enterprise. And now now the Trekkies are finally getting behind the theme song. But I loved it 
all the way through. Uh, this is a, a series I watched with my daughter when she was a baby, just because she loved the theme song so I could get away with playing it. So when it would come <laughs> on, we would dance to the theme song like the hot dog dance on uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. So uh, I don't know. I've always Very liked nice. it. I, I, I'd never minded it. Yeah, well, look, I think that the theme song fits for what mm-hmm. I'm expecting is the general theme of the show, which is to start off all the exploration. Mm-hmm. So am I right that this is set before all the other Star Trek Before Kirk and Spock, yep. Originally, the pitch was to have it be like the right stuff, kind of like trying to get into space. But but, uh, when they came time to actually get the series going, uh, they didn't want to do a Star Trek series that wasn't in space yet. So they were like, yeah, let's fast forward it a little bit. Okay. So um, uh, you, you ready to watch it along with me? Yeah. Do you want me to give a little bit of a oh, yeah. synopsis hey. of the plot? Hayden, <laughs> uh, c- could you give us an episode recap? Sure. Uh, Captain Archer and Ensign Mayweather wake up in a Tandaran prison. They're soon met by Major Clev, who orders them both to the office of Colonel Gratt, played by Dean Stockwell. Gratt interrogates them in detail regarding their intrusion into Tandaran space and the Sulaban and says that they will have to appear before a magistrate in three days' time. He also refuses to allow Archer to contact Enterprise, but does so himself and appraises them of the current situation. Upon hearing this, Commander Tucker advocates an escape attempt, but Subcommander Tipol prefers to avoid provoking the Tandarans further and orders Enterprise to Tandar Prime. Later, Archer meets a Sulaban called Danik, who tells him that they are in Detention Complex 26, an internment camp for Sulaban imprisoned when the Cabal began attacking the Tandaran sector eight years previously. In his office, Grat questions Archer in detail about the events of episode Broken Bow and also demands information about the temporal Cold War. Archer wonders why innocent Sulaban are being held prisoner, but Grat warns that delaying could result in Archer missing the transport to Tandar Prime. Grat contacts the Enterprise to report that the hearing has unfortunately been delayed, allowing Lieutenant Reed and Ensign Sato to triangulate his signal and locate the prison. That night, a communicator is beamed to Archer and Mayweather's cell. Archer tells Tucker he wants to help the Sulaban escape, and Danik says his people can go to the Niberon colonies, away from the Tandar sector. The following morning, Grat discovers the communicator, and Archer is sent to isolation as punishment. Aboard Enterprise, Tipol uses torpedoes to ward off the Tandaran defence ships before clearing Tucker to launch in a shuttle pod. Mayweather distracts Kiev, sorry, Clev, allowing a Sulaban-disguised Reed to activate charges and initiate the escape. As they flee, Grat argues that the Sulaban will all go to join the Cabal, but Archer says that he doesn't know the Sulaban very well, despite having been in charge for a long time. Hmm. All right. So if you haven't seen the episode, now you have. We're going to watch it, and uh, you can feel free to watch along at home with us. Um, when Zoe, our announcer, says on view screen, then that's the time to start. So are you, uh, do you have your CBS All Access app ready? Sure. <laughs> okay. We'll say it's the CBS Access app. We'll right. say that. Uh, so we're starting in about three, two. On view screen. All right. Here we go. And we wake up with Meriwether. Um, what, what was your thoughts on Meriwether? Meriwether? It's hard. Um, Mayweather. Um, seems like an upstanding kind of guy. Um, 
Good guy. I obviously don't get much out of him from this scene. uh, (laughs) Obviously, he has his biases, but I think everybody in this episode does. And it's a good one to try and, you know, teach people. Mm -hmm. You can't judge a book by its cover. Obviously, be cautious. But at the same time, you know, everyone just wants to live their lives and uh, try not to disturb anyone else. I like how they uh, he admitted later in the episode, the character, that at first he was uh, afraid or uh, apprehensive with the Sulaban around. Because uh, like you had guessed, earlier episodes, they had uh, encountered Sulaban people that were uh, fighting a war against a lot of people, including the Federation. And uh, so this episode is basically about racism and yeah. uh, the effects of racism. And um, one of the things I watching this um, that just one of my first thoughts was it, it's a totally different episode than when I watched it when it was originally on. Because when it was originally on, you know, this was teaching us like the dangers of what could happen if we uh, used people's looks or where they came from as a means of telling enemy from friend, like they did in the United States in the Japanese internment camps. Which they actually mentioned in the episode too. Which is great. And that has a lot to do with, I don't know if you're familiar with, but uh, George Takei that plays Sulu on the original series when he was a young boy, he was actually put in one of those American internment camps. Far out. And I'm not sure if they, it's the same one that they mentioned in this one, but uh, why, why wouldn't it be? But um, when, when I watched the episode, I was originally, it was like, wow, that was so long ago. How, how stupid were we to actually put people in camps like that? But watching it this time, our country's doing that right now. So, yeah. I mean, this this episode could have been made today and be as relevant, if not more so, than when it was. What were your thoughts about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Um, well, I thought the exact same thing. I, I know that there are many, many people in detention at the moment, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of missing kids. Little more, yeah, and little more than just trying to get away from their war torn country doing the best they can to try and make mm-hmm. a better life for themselves and then they just essentially get thrown away um, in a detention centre in some foreign country essentially for the rest of their lives with no hope of ever reaching somewhere safer. Um, pretty heartbreaking, actually. I'm glad that uh, I will never have to do that, I hope. Uh, it, it's, although, never say never, obviously. Yeah, because like when I watched this episode originally, I was like, well, that'll never happen in this country again. Here we are. And it's it's that feeling of hopelessness that like what could anybody do to stop it? You know, when you have a government yeah. that does that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, what can and we, we do? even see the hopelessness through some of the um, Sulaban characters in this mm-hmm. one? Sorry, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the guy, but uh, he's like, uh, I'm not going to help you with your suicide mm-hmm. mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he's obviously institutionalized mm-hmm. by now. And uh, right, not the father, but consider- the other the other person, right? The yeah, the Sula friend Bond. of the father. Right, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure like, about the characters' names either, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> well, well, you're asking the wrong person for once. Usually I'm the fountain yeah. of knowledge. But If, uh, if I need to know anything guy. about, um, <laughs> what is it, um, Thomas the Tank or, um, oh, what's the or other thing you leap. like? Besides Quantum Leap. Um, the <laughs> one with the, the Power Rangers. The Power Rangers. Power yeah. Rangers. Big gun Power Rangers. Okay. Um I also another thing that changed since the first time I watched these episodes so many times and uh, most recently was when I originally I watched this, 
I wasn't a father. So I was all like, yeah, let's escape prison. Let's, let's, let's get out of this place. You know, you know, better to be uh, free than trapped and stuff. But this time I watched the episode, it was from a totally different perspective. I identified totally with the father of that little girl. And I, w- I was thinking to myself, what would I do in that situation? It's heartbreaking, but I would probably be okay staying in prison as long as my daughter was safe and I was safe and we could make it another day and make it another day and make it another day. So I don't think I would, I would go with the escape attempt either. I think, Mm. you know, I would, I would look at the potential outcome of maybe being killed or my daughter being killed or, you know, worse tortured or sent to a different place where they weren't treated as nice for prisoners uh, war, what would you call these? Detainees, I guess? Yeah, detainees or um, inmates, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But they didn't commit any crime except being born Sulaban. Pretty much, yeah. And so I think if I was in that situation, I would be very cautious. There he is, Dean Stockwell. Yes, there he is. How did you feel when Dean and Scott got back together again on screen? I love seeing Scott and Dean together on screen. Um, I just uh, wish that you know, we could have gotten a hug from them because uh, they obviously can't hug in Quantum Leap. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah Did they touch much in this? Um, I think they had a little bit of a tussle towards the end, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, but they didn't actually, you know, get a hug. So maybe one day in the near future before Dean Stockwell croaks. Oh, he's got his hand link out. I know. Uh, that was one of the things I saw when I, when I saw this. And I was just like... <gasps> They gave him a hand link. This is the best thing, but I wish he would and put some sounds in there. Well, they should have just gotten him a gummy bear hand link. (laughs) I suppose suppose different uh, production companies, they might not have been able to get one, but uh, it would have been so good to see. And I mean, it fits in with the sort of, you know, long time ago, but somehow in the future themes of Star Trek. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was just great. Uh, the My biggest disappointment, I had two when I watched this originally. Uh, one was that Dean Stockwell wasn't, they didn't give him a role where he could be a recurring character. Like yeah. it was kind of a one-off and like, it seems like it was meant to be that way. And I don't, I don't know. And the same thing happened in uh, um, NCIS, NCIS New Orleans. And I wonder if that's a thing where they like to work together, but they don't want to repeat being a buddy show i guess you know what i'm saying well there's that possibility but having seen this though i think uh that uh, the enterprise has made an enemy for life mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. after their what they did to escape so it actually wouldn't have surprised me if they did do another episode later on with dean stockwell back mm-hmm. and him you know trying to get a vendetta on them especially yeah. if as as he predicted if some of them did actually join the cabal um so he would have even more reason to, they to could hold have, a grudge. They could have brought him back. They never did. Spoilers. This was the one and only time he was in Enterprise, Dean Stockwell. Uh, my other disappointment was I was thinking I'm, it's probably a Scott thing. He probably said, you know, when he started Enterprise, I'm not saying, oh, boy. But if there was ever <laughs> one episode for him to say just, oh, boy, you know, this would have been it. So I was, yeah, and I was, sure. when I saw the hand link, I remember watching this uh, the first night it was on. And I remember seeing the hand link and thinking, just say, oh boy, once, once. And I'm going to freak out, <laughs> jump up. Great and, to see. But it didn't happen. So never mind. How, how cool would it have been, though, if at some point later on in the episode, if uh, we just see 
Dean Stockwell walk through something. And it turns <laughs> out he, he hasn't even been in the detention centre at all. He's been just being beamed down there by hologram. Which is very possible because there's been many episodes where there's holographic versions of people. So yeah. uh, like uh, the one episode where Spock came back to the next generation, uh, there was holograms and stuff. And you didn't know it at the time until they reveal it. Um, but uh, they basically could have made a Quantum Leap episode. So what do you think? I'm sure you've heard those fan theories that um, – uh, Star Trek Enterprise is just uh, another leap for Sam. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. d- I don't know if it's within Sam's lifetime, so <laughs> uh, but it, it would definitely be something interesting to see. I would have liked to have seen more crossovers from Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. I know that they were planning on doing a crossover episode with Magnum PI, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, they could have easily done a crossover with Star Trek and um, yeah, so would be interesting to see. I saw, I saw a meme floating around uh, of Scott Bakula with uh, with um, William Shatner and the other Star Trek mm-hmm. captains, and uh, it said, uh, "And once Sam reunited all the Star Trek captains, he was able to leap." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that one because you know I'm in all the Quantum Leap groups and the Star Trek groups and stuff. Um, yeah, they've all got to share it. About about once a week, probably in one of those groups, I see where it says, what if Captain Archer is just Sam Beckett <laughs> leaping into Star Trek or something? And, and everybody thinks they thought of it the first time, you know, and it's almost yeah. two decades since this has been on. Uh, what do you think about the um, overall episode, like directing, lighting, costuming, makeup, that kind of stuff for somebody who doesn't watch Star Trek? Um, well, looks realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way that I judge how good something is, is just how much I get taken out of it okay. and uh, Did anything I wasn't bump taken you out of it, at, take it out? yeah no, nothing took me out of this episode so that to me means that it must be very good mm. uh, what did you think of the little girl's performance I thought uh, as kid actors go she did a great job yeah well they say never work with children or animals mm-hmm. but uh, uh, if it's this kid that uh, they were working with in uh, I'd say bring her back because she's done an awesome job awesome Okay. Yeah, she can obviously take direction. She can um, obviously get across her point that she doesn't trust, um, what's his name, Archer, Archer or Ensign, whatever his name is, Mayweather. 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 Yeah, sorry. It, it is there in my memory somewhere. Yeah, it's you're just, doing great. You're doing great. To, you're only one episode in. It. This is your favorite episode yeah. of Star Trek, right? Oh, easily. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you avoid watching Star Trek your entire life? That I don't understand. Because there's so many series, and I don't know. Just how do you, uh, well, do you do? You, do you do it intentionally, or just? No, I just have a life. <laughs> <laughs> See, that helps. If you don't have a life, you can easily yeah. sit down and binge 700 or so episodes. Yeah, pretty much. Look, uh, I think I might have seen an episode or two in passing, okay. just if there was nothing else to watch and I had a mm-hmm. spare moment. But I, I don't have a lot of free time when it's not in the middle of a pandemic. so Hey, there's a the pandemic main... now. Just, yeah. uh, that might be an upside to a pandemic. Yeah, well. <laughs> watch Star Trek. Yeah, well, I have been binging a lot of TV, so I think uh, Star mm-hmm. Trek might end up up there. Ooh. What are you binging at the moment? Red Dwarf. I don't know if you can tell by uh, my set decoration, but uh, Red Dwarf, I uh, meant to watch it for the longest time, and then... I just said, you know what? I'll do it. Uh, they got it on BritBox, uh, which is a streaming service here for uh, like BBC shows, stuff like that. And uh, I just started watching it and I'm, I'm loving it. I'm on season five. 
out of now is mm-hmm. sorry is um this woman a vulcan yes what did you think of T'Pol? Uh, this is not one of her most revealing outfits that she's in, but she's a very beautiful woman, and uh, she's in a lot of uh, revealing scenes, uh, I would say, and that would be like maybe one motivation to watch the whole series. <laughs> that, that's what they thought I going in, to have a beautiful yeah. woman uh, to get people to watch. Yeah, for sure. Look, that, that's immediately what jumped out at me, just uh, how beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I might have to put my stalking skills to the test and try and get her <laughs> for an interview for you. <laughs> hey, that would be great. That would be great. The great thing yeah, about so, her. Sorry, I should I should explain that for mm-hmm. anyone who doesn't know me. Um, it's just a joke that we have. Uh, they call me the professional stalker because I tend to get most of the interviews for our podcasts. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, between Juan and Hayden, they get all the interviews and uh, Hayden's the stalker one. Like if, if they don't answer the emails, from Juan, we stick Hayden on them, and eventually they're like, "Okay, Hayden, I'll be on the show. Who am I talking to? What's going on?" the The great thing about Tapal, um, she's beautiful, yes, but she's written very intelligent, and she has a great story arc. And um, it's not just about a pretty woman. There's also yeah. men taking their shirt off all the time, also. So it's there's a little something yeah. for everybody, I think. You can tell that she's quite wise too, because mm-hmm. she's the one who expresses caution and says, "Look, respect the laws of these people. Let's learn a little bit more about them. Mm-hmm. We can always do a rescue mission a bit later if the need arises, mm-hmm. but we'll just let things go as they are and not not cause any enemies." And I think that's very wise. Mm-hmm. It also brings up an important theme too. It's um, to what extent do you just go along with the law and follow mm-hmm. orders before you um, act against mm-hmm. injustice? So it's like um, I, I can think of many, many um, instances where, you know, say the American government will intervene in another country's um, things mm-hmm. that are going on because of the fact that they're inhumane. Mm-hmm. And, um yeah, obviously, I think human rights um, have to come first. Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing. You respect the laws as long as they're respecting the human rights. And mm-hmm. if something is going against those and is being inhumane, then, you know, you have to act. The uh, United States is kind of famous for being like, uh, what is it, Team America World Police? Yeah. <laughs> um, but who saves us when it's happening to us? That's what I'm wondering. That's what a lot of us are wondering. Well, you've got an election coming up. You can save yourselves. Yes, uh, I'm going to try. But you know, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm voting look, October nineteenth. Good, but look, I'm. I'm just going to say this. I'm sorry to derail you, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, you Americans have a system that is only two parties essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a plurality voting system, so whoever has the most votes at the end is the one that's awarded the the presidency. Uh, regardless of whether it might only be 35%. So you have to realise that you're not wanting to do a vote for a third party because that vote will end up wasted. Every wasted vote and every vote that does not get cast is just going to be a vote for the overall winner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that that is... uh, I'm not going to tell people how to vote, but I think you can all you can all understand what direction I'm probably saying you mm-hmm. should go. All yes. right, but if you if you do not vote against someone, then ultimately that will be a vote for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, here, voting is not compulsory like it is there, right? Yes, here it's compulsory. Yeah, and we have a majority voting system as well, so you mm-hmm. have to put your 
preferences down and then everyone's first preferences are counted, whoever has the least is eliminated, and, and then those second preferences are distributed until one candidate does have an overall majority. That's a much so, superior system. Yeah, so overall, you know, you might not get the one that you want, but mm-hmm. you might only get a partial bastard instead of a complete bastard. <laughs> instead of somebody hell-bent on destroying the world. Yeah. Um, th- I think what happened here was most people thought um, that it was a obvious who was going to win, so nobody bothered to vote. And then everybody the next day was pretty surprised. But I voted, so yeah. it's not my fault. Uh, back to the episode. I love the makeup on these guys. Uh, the first episode of this uh, series, if you ever want to go back and watch Enterprise, uh, there's a lot of cool special effects with the uh, the cabal, the, the genetically modified Sulaban. Uh, they can slide under the doors. They can crawl on ceilings. They can turn invisible. All kinds of things. So I think that's yeah. They said that they had a lot of modifications and could shape shift. So mm-hmm. look, it'd be very cool to watch. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure I will get around to it at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you are right. The makeup's awesome. It must have taken hours to get them looking that good. And so many of them. So they must have yeah. brought in a lot of extra makeup crews because usually, you know, there's a uh, one main person in makeup. Maybe uh, the doctor on this episode or the series is uh, always in makeup. He's, uh, but uh, to have this many people all in makeup and looking so good, because uh, this was the first uh, Star Trek that was shown in high definition. So, oh, really? so that was a thing. So, so. Th- that would be the reason why it looks so good. Then they're making a they're making a real effort to yeah to keep people able to see it in high def. Right. Whereas older <laughs> series that were broadcast in uh, standard definition and then later upgraded to HD, you can definitely see like makeup lines and different things that, you know, Phillips head screws on computer consoles, things, mm-hmm. things you wouldn't see normally. But uh, this they knew going into it, it was going to be uh, high definition. Yeah. Got a little bit of tension here from uh, not trusting the ones who look human. So, so and the racism uh, kind of goes both ways, which I yeah. I liked that they did that. Look, I totally understand it, given what they've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and racism is built from ignorance, right. essentially. It's from your own lived experience and extrapolating that to other stuff that you don't really understand. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's why I say, do your hardest to understand other cultures. Mm-hmm. All right? And then you'll realize just how alike we all are instead of how different. Absolutely. Uh, what do they say? Uh, travel is the best uh, education. You, yeah. you see how everybody basically is, even though they're different, um, you celebrate the differences and realize that we're all more alike than different. And we yeah. all want the same they things, it, I think. I think so too. Mm-hmm. So, We want a warm dinner and we want to be safe and happy. Pretty much. Uh, What what did you think of the character of Jonathan Archer and and like the the similarities and differences between him and and Scott Bakula's other character of Dr. Sam Beckett on Quantum Leap? To be honest, they seem like the same character. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Um, There's a couple, there's a little bit of an arc that he goes through where it's different. Okay. We're, well, I'd be interested to see that, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just seems like the standard Boy Scout sort of character that he is in both. So That's why I didn't bother to shave, because when Archer is uh, upset and on a mission, he's got a little bit of scruff going on. That's a good way to tell. Hey, it takes a lot of work to look this together, <laughs> right? <laughs> How goes the lockdown? Have you left the house lately? I don't think I've left the house in about three weeks. Wow, that's and, pretty good. Yeah, because we're on stage four lockdown, which okay. is the strictest that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not allowed to leave the house for anything other than exercise or shopping or medical attention. If you are shopping, you're only allowed to do it for an hour or if you are exercising only for an hour and you can't go further than five kilometres away, you have to wear a mask. Um, so, yeah, very, very strict. I'm just hoping that everyone does the right thing so that we can get out of it. Now there, do they wear the mask over the nose and the mouth? Uh, we would hope so. Okay, um, here they wear it over I, their chin. I don't know if that's as effective. Yeah, that well, might be part of our as, problem. They wear it over their chin. It's about as effective as wearing a condom on the balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're back Come together. On, I had to get one in. You got one in. One. I think we'll, we'll keep that one. Okay, uh, <laughs> now it's just that one-on-one. Scott and yeah. Dean and the hand link. So Gushy might be there listening. Yeah. Well, look, so I think... Um, they're listening from the enterprise, aren't they? Or at least trying to. They could be. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he's using that hand link like a hand link too. He's, he is pressing buttons on it. He is, you know, referring to it. So it does – It. I mean, we call it a smartphone now, but <laughs> – Everybody walks around like, like uh, Dean Stockwell now. Yeah. But I, yeah, but you are right. He should have been doing the the hip of it every now and then just to to really solidify it. I'm surprised that he didn't. Maybe he was told not to. I, I, yeah. If I had that in my hand after I'd played Al, I'd be doing that. If I was in charge, you know, of course I never would be. Um, but if I was in charge, I would be like, go for it. Quantum leap it up. It's the one episode you guys are together. You know, do every fan service thing there is. Can in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sam could have said, "Oh, I just want to make the leap home." Or something like that. When <laughs> When, I'm just trying to get back home. We something. can't allow that. <laughs> yeah. Or look in a mirror and like not kind of recognize himself. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. But everybody's or, waiting or for that. Or they could both walk past a mirror and Sam would look <laughs> different and Al wouldn't even be there. <laughs> <laughs> something small like that, right? Uh, I, I want to yeah. know how like did was that uh, thing that Dean was uh, – carrying around was that in the script did they know dean this was going to be a dean episode or did they just write it and then like when dean and scott are there on the day dean's like eh, i need a prop give me something because he, he doesn't have a cigar because usually he acts with a cigar this yeah, is like one of the true. only things i've seen without him in it with a cigar yeah that's true and you know it was his idea to have al smoke cigars in quantum leap and it's because he wanted to get free cigars <laughs> and it worked. He says Can't it worked him. the best, the, the, better than he could have even imagined. And apparently they're not bad for you because he's still alive. Yeah. Do you know well, how old I he think is he now? Just turned 80, I think he turned 85 in March. So, so uh, apparently smoking's not bad for you? I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe not smoking cigars. Maybe not. Maybe that's different. Um, things that stood out to you in this episode. Because it's it's a very talky episode, uh, not very much action. There's a little action towards the end with the you know. Yeah, I was actually going to say that it is a, a very high with exposition. Mm -hmm. um, I think, but, I think Dean Stockwell does act very well. That you think there's something off about him, even mm -hmm. right from the start. It's that I think Doctor Phil says it best: those who have nothing to hide hide nothing. So when he says, "Oh, I can't allow that. I can't allow that. I can't allow that," to every single request you know there's something going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, ultimately, you know, it, it proves us right. And you can – it is very subtle in his acting, but at the same time, that's the sort of actor that Dean Stockwell is. He, he just has that natural instinct for the situation. Mm -hmm. And obviously, he's very good at taking direction too. Mm. If, if uh, what else did I notice? Um, I was going to also say um, – 
Oh, what else I just love I seeing them together. Uh, yeah, I know. If you're going to have an episode where two people are basically just talking the whole time, those are the two guys you want doing it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But now we see uh, Dean threatening um, to poll and everyone else to stay away or they're going to get shot down. I guess they don't know what the what the Enterprise can actually do. <laughs> yeah, well, the Enterprise is pretty powerful, so like it, it's kind of like it, it wouldn't bother them really. I mean, they could take them out easily. Yeah, well, that's what they. I think that's even what they said. Mm-hmm. Oh, these. Um, but they're trying to respect their laws aren't. and culture. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, or one, at least until you know, it seems like they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain, mm-hmm. and also um, when they get the communicator down to Captain Archer, and he says, "Oh, there's more going on than than what we say," and these people are being detained against their will. Uh, we need to free them. You know, that's when they decide right now it's the hard act. One thing about this episode that kind of rubbed me the wrong way was if they found out they, they you know, they did their research. They uh, looked at the computers records on the shuttlecraft and um, they found out that Archer and Mayweather were not, you know, working with the Sulaban and they weren't the enemy and they weren't trying to attack anybody. They were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Would they put him in with the detainees, the Sulaban detainees, and find out what's going on? You know, it, it would be more like it, they well, would put him in a separate place. Well, Dean said that their detention is overcrowded at the moment. So I think that they just okay. had to get put where they could be. So put. That, that was a line put in there for that reason, maybe I missed. Yes, I, th- okay. I would think so. Okay. Uh, and also, I do un- – uh, look, even though um, the oh. colonel isn't really very much of a sympathetic character, mm-hmm. I do understand the reason for detaining them. Um, th- you do still have to do your investigations because anyone who shows up could easily say, oh, we just got lost. Mm-hmm. And how do they know whether or not there's you know something mm-hmm. else going on if they are going to be attacked? And, uh, and aside, uh, just the set design of those uh, prison bars, very interesting. They weren't just the normal prison bars you see everywhere else. It was a, yeah. a little bit of a d- different design. I wonder if that was because they're afraid of shape-shifting Sulaban. That brings up another thing. If they were shape-shifting and they could squeeze under a door in and out of stuff, this prison wouldn't hold any of them. So, like, the fact that they're still there proves that they're not agents. Yeah. Well, ultimately, they said they're keeping them detained because they the, don't want them to join the cabal. Right. So, yeah, they, they're saying it's for the greater good. But, you know, but, how many dictators have said the same thing? Mm-hmm. But uh, doing that actually causes uh, Suleban to join the cabal. Yeah, so that's exactly it. they're creating and their it's, own it's problems. What's going on at the prophecy. moment, even in even today, mm-hmm. it's happening right now. This is how people get radicalized. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, how how much you know, can an innocent person take before they fight back? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. So, I suppose it is very profound this episode, and as you say, could easily be shown today mm-hmm. as a brand new episode and still be very, very relevant. It it really has more weight today because, like I said, when I watched it originally, it was like, wow, that did happen back then in this country. It's unbelievable. I'm glad that would never happen again. And. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm look, one of those people. We just people. have to keep trying to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, do our best uh, voting and all that stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that don't think anybody's illegal. Uh, we're, we're a speck of dust in a sea of nothing. Uh, we have a small planet, uh, and I think we're all humans, and it should be one Earth. 
I think just yeah. like I can move to Montana if I want to, I should be able to move to Australia. You should be able to move here. We should be able to freely move and help everybody. And But I guess I'm a hippie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, by all means, you know, open up your borders. If there's mm-hmm. not a pandemic, open up your borders. Let people in. Let people migrate here if they mm-hmm. want to. But obviously also do the checks. Make sure that they're not you know, people that have caused a lot of problems where they're from. And if they do cause any problems, then, you know, go back. Yeah, That's I think a lot of the... Immigra- we want to we want to stay peaceful as well. So How, how's if immigration you're, if you're in Australia? Immigra- how's immigration in Australia versus here like? Um, See, I think a lot the of... the past decade or so, they have really clamped down on... Um, the boats is what they say. In fact, one election was entirely won on stop the boats. Uh, I think the fact of the matter is most refugees come by plane and uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> build a wall that a plane can't fly over. Try that, right? 25,000 mm-hmm. feet tall. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. But look, we obviously have immigration here. Um, I'm pro immigration, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think most immigration prob- uh, uh, laws and, and like ideas are based simply on racism. Because uh, people in the United States until the pandemic freely could go back and forth between Canada, but Mexico and the United States is a totally different thing. And there's only one difference between Canadians and Mexicans, and it's how they look, you know? Mm. And I don't think that's fair. I I think you you don't say, well, we've had these problems with a few of these people, so we keep them all out. I think you judge everybody on their individual actions. So That's exactly it. If some – if – someone in particular does something bad mm-hmm. then i've got no problem saying send them back right but don't but judge everyone based on one person's actions don't prejudge a whole culture that's exactly it because i think that's uh prejudiced would that be the yeah. word <laughs> i don't know hopefully uh in the future in these times uh where captain archer is um that kind of stuff has pretty much been abolished Hopefully. Well, I think everyone on Earth just needs to crossbreed and eventually it'll all just be exactly the same anyway. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Humans are humans. That's good. Yeah, that's it. Um, I was very impressed by the acting of uh, the Suleban. Uh, like I said, the daughter and the father and his friend and pretty much everybody. Well, I totally believe that they had been in prison for a long time and that's quite difficult to, to pass off. Yeah, they had that like um, – defeated this is it is what it is kind of thing and we're going to just make the best of it yeah yeah no that's a so as i said i judge something on how on its merits based on how much i'm taken out of it okay if i'm in it the entire time if i believe it the whole time then it's good and i've believed the whole thing so how did the uh, decades old cg uh age for you uh that's fine. That's good. I, I kind of expected it. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not that old, is it? Um, I don't have the dates in front of me, and also, you know, I'm unstuck in time and have no comprehension of time. <laughs> well, I could quickly look it up. Hang on. It's uh, where was it? The broadcast date was when my page shows up, April twenty four, two thousand and two. So, so eighteen yeah, years. Eighteen years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. So it's it's um, so not this, bad in the grand scheme of things. This episode is old enough to vote. Yeah. Another thing I liked about this episode, speaking of like Dean Stockwell's character, um, 
he seems like he truly believes he's doing it for the Suleban to protect them. He seems like it, but he's he's using like a forceful way of doing it, taking away their rights to keep them safe. And I think yeah. later on in the episode when they're escaping and he says, you haven't saved these people, you can, you've condemned them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm paraphrasing it, of course. But I, I, I truly believe that moment was given to Dean's, Dean's character to... Because everybody's a hero in their own story. I think most people, unless some... I'm sure there's some people that are just evil to be evil. But I think from his perspective, Dean Stockwell's character, uh, he thinks he's doing the right thing for them. Yeah, and that's the danger of echo chambers. If you say a lie enough, then eventually it becomes truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a lesson for any listeners. Don't just <laughs> stick to your Facebook groups about what you personally believe. You know, listen to all perspectives. Make mm-hmm. yourself a um, an informed decision. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. That's uh, that's I think uh, a contributing factor. A lot of our problems today mm. is anybody who disagrees with us. We at some point we shut them out and we just end up uh, preaching to our own choirs, I guess you would say, you know, because I mean, uh, I, I'm just as guilty of it too. If somebody's uh, um, racist or like uh, a troll or something, I'll block them on my social media. But then after so long, I end up just sharing what I believe in that is important. Like, you know, uh, anti-racism and, you know, human rights and things like that. I'm only expressing that uh, opinion to people that believe the same thing as I do. And it works in the other way where if too many people are um, thinking my way and we get blocked from people that think opposite ways, they're just seeing and regurgitating the same things over and over again like we are. So yeah, how do you, how do you, how do you solve that? Do you have any idea? I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I it gets to the point though where it, um, you get blocked by people so much that uh, it makes you wonder why even bother, to be honest. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, if you don't, then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look, I honestly don't know what the solution is. Maybe our listeners have some ideas. Yeah. If you uh, want to send us some feedback, uh, you can call us. At this number on screen, one three zero five seven zero seven Trek. All right, and uh, while you're at it, don't forget to like this video, subscribe, and hit that bell so you get all the notifications of new episodes. Okay, back to the episode. <laughs> There's Tapal. Uh, I would love to have dinner with Tapal. What's wrong with Dean Stockwell? <laughs> There's a great episode where uh, Captain Archer and Tapal and um, Trip sit down and have dinner and tell each other stories. I'd really recommend that one. That's a good one. Nice. Yeah, she's a, yeah, well, she's look, a vegan. I know, I know I've got a whole series to catch up on, but yeah. I, I am a bit hooked now. I think I will at some point. Well, as Star Trek series go, it's one of the shortest, um, minus the new ones that are still ongoing and the animated series. This was canceled before its time. This only made four seasons. So there's okay. less than 100 episodes. Another, uh, another series that Scott didn't make 100 episodes of, just shy. Just like Quantum Leap. I think he did pass the 100 episode mark on uh, NCIS, correct? I couldn't tell you, mm. to be honest. I think I saw that somewhere. Oh, interference. Yep. 
That, that was so, uh, so cool they, they've just said something that he disagrees with, so they've blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> how do how do we have an open dialogue with each other if we block each other? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And how do you make an informed decision if you don't know every perspective? Right. Mm. Yeah. And how do you I, eat oatmeal? What is it that they are eating? I yeah. want to say rice or oatmeal or a combination of both. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it looked a bit like porridge to me as well, but yeah. ugh, I hate porridge anyway. So it was what? Bolting. What is porridge? I, I know it's in the Goldilocks oh, uh, and Three Bears. Is that oatmeal? Is that I the think same it thing? is oatmeal. Okay. Yeah. It's funny we speak the same language, but totally a different language. <laughs> I, yeah. I think his makeup was pretty good in this episode. Both of them, right? Yeah, because that's Malcolm now, isn't it? Yes, Malcolm Reed. Yeah. Which came up with Reed Alert, which turned into Red Alert, which you might be familiar with in pop culture. Mm-hmm. But I like that Archer uh, recognizes him without being told later who he is. Yeah, that's, I noticed that as well. So, you know, you can see past just about anything. Mm-hmm. Eyes are the window to the mind. To the soul is, I think, what the mm. the word is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and this was uh, in, in Star Trek. Uh, instead of putting rubber on people's faces, for some reason they do, they surgically alter them. Me, I'd be like, dude, just put some silicon on me. Don't, don't, don't make me a lizard, you know, permanently. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So here they're discussing their escape, and they're going to have a great big discussion on whether or not it's safe enough to do so. And yeah, look, I do agree with you. This is a very exposition-heavy episode. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. hope that there are other episodes which don't have anywhere near as much dialogue it's a really good mix uh, as star trek goes uh, usually uh, you get like one that's a really thought-provoking you know moral dilemma and other ones are just fun romps with usually a hidden message in there but yeah usually all the episodes are about something they, they try to teach yeah. you something and it's a uh, you know usually a liberal um being being kind doing the right thing kind of uh moral lesson very, very rare do they get it wrong, but sometimes they do. And, you know, things change over time. Well, that's time. the same as anything, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a famous episode of um, Star Trek, the original series, the last episode, The Turnabout Intruder, where uh, women in the 23rd century still don't have rights. You know, they can't be mm-hmm. starship captains and stuff. And that's pretty much people ignore that one because the rest of the Star Trek episodes don't follow that. So, you know, they, they misstep sometimes. Well, look, it, um, let's just say this episode did age well. Yeah, so. I, I think so. And I think it's actually like a fine wine got better with time, for real. Yep. Not that I drink, but I think that's the only thing I could uh, um, liken it to. Yeah. But look, that special effect there with the spaceship mm-hmm. coming out of the Enterprise was pretty good. So, yeah. As you can see, it's... Uh, is this the guard that uh, the Suliban prisoner might have grown up in the same town with, maybe? I don't know. I see, don't know. I, I can't like, remember which one he said. I like that they added there that little cattle prod shock to uh, Malcolm Reed. Yeah. Because that's showing the guy is a jerk. He's not a good yeah. guy. You know, because... He, he, he is being racist. Towards. Right. He could be He could be a guard that looks out for people, protects people, and uh, does unto others what's done unto him in a kind way. Or he could be a jerk. And I think it's good that they put that in there because in a little bit, he explodes, I think, or at least is next to an explosion. So if he didn't have that, you would have more sympathy for him, I think. But they added that to just go, oh, he's an asshole, you know? Pretty much. (laughs) What do you think of uh, Mayweather antagonizing him? I do love him being a smartass. Yeah. That's good. 
I thought it was going to lead to something like a fight or something, but I don't know what that was for. Do you, do you know? Is it just to delay something, or was he just being? Was he just like? I think they were setting the explosives or something, so that the other guys could set up the explosives, like distracting him. Yeah. yeah, that's what I figured too, but it wasn't like made quite clear. Like they could have used a little shot of somebody setting up explosives while he was stalling. Yeah, but it's oh, well. close enough. That might have been an editing choice or a time, you know, time choice. Yep, it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we can't be far off the end now. Yeah, the end's coming. Uh, Th- this is when all the stuff goes down. Star Trek is famous for, like. 40 minutes of setup and like a four minute ending. Well, this episode's no exception. No, not at all. But I think that's because they want you to really get into the story, put yourself in that spot, and, uh, you know, learn that lesson. Maybe that racism is bad. Uh, that's a pretty good lesson. I mean, people are still learning that today. I think more than ever, that's a good thing. There, uh, I think this you is. You know, a, I think. Hmm? If this episode was made today, it might have ended a little differently, though. How do you think it would have um, ended? I think that the dad would have been killed during the escape, and then the daughter would have ended up radicalized and joined the cabal. And then we'd see her later on holding a grudge. And um, Dude, that just gave me, like, chills when you said that. Like, they could still do that. Yeah. I mean, with an adult well, female uh, who, actress. Who well, I haven't on? seen the series. Maybe that is what happened. It, it doesn't. This this doesn't come back in, in in the series. But I mean, they could still do it today with this uh, continuing Star Trek universe. Uh, there's no yeah. reason not to. But yeah, uh, th- yeah, that would be heartbreaking. That would be heartbreaking, would and be. she would be justified. Could, yeah. Well, it could easily be done. That's that's the thing, and that's uh, we see that now. That's just the natural progression that went across in my head. So there there's a series. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Which basically, the whole setup is uh, what is the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter? And it's all a matter of perspective. And yeah, that's exactly it. Luckily, they explored that all before we had, you know, terrorist was a common everyday uh, thought, like uh, before 9-11 yeah. happened. Um, but uh, well, one of the main Star characters Wars, is a terrorist. Luke, yeah. In Star Wars, Luke Skywalker could easily be considered a terrorist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A rebel. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if, exactly if, if, if the people in charge are doing wrong, it's our right and duty to rebel. Yes. And it's all a matter of perspective. Th- this is this is that scene I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And uh, man, those two together, they're, they're just, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle magic. Yeah. Sorry for the um, for the little bit of silence there but uh, you know you get emotional when you see the two of them together and when the yeah. acting's that good and they're able to act together like that with very few yeah. words and express so much emotion and so much thought and so much communication non-verbally a lot of it yeah but that's uh, great and I like how they ended this um, mm-hmm. where um, they say to Captain, Captain Archer do you think they're going to be okay and he's like will they get out of the is his own or whatever, yes. And then he asks another question, and then they don't answer it. Will they be okay? And, yeah, no answer. I think that's the way to go. Man, I wish they would have followed up. They might still. That's a good idea if uh, anybody's watching it. They can have it for free, right, Hayden? <laughs> for the person who watched one Star Trek episode. But that would be amazing, yeah. Uh, the, there's no uh, Sulaban in uh, Modern Trek that I know of. 
yeah. Well, maybe they did all become cabal. Let's hope not. Mm. And why? <laughs> or maybe, the, or if, maybe the cabal just ended up defeated, and now they're just scattered around everywhere, like uh, and, like they and, originally said before they got detained. I don't know if this is in Star Trek novels anywhere, but what caused the what caused the Sulaban to be who they are the the cabal you know why are they doing that because obviously they're not going to get together and all be just evil for the sake of evil they have a reason uh, to do what they're doing besides i'm sure getting genetic enhancements from the future from the temporal cold war which is a great idea temporal cold war so overall thoughts of this episode as it ends oh it's great Mm -hmm. um uh, easily the best star trek episode i've ever seen <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I've said it before. I'll say it one more time. You know, I judge something on how much it takes me out of mm-hmm. out of it um, mm-hmm. when I can notice things wrong, and I didn't notice anything wrong. So mm-hmm. for that reason, I've got to give it top marks. Okay, uh, so at this point of the episode, we will give it our ratings, and I will let you go first since you are a first time. Trekkie, maybe, and mm. uh, at least for this, one, <laughs> for this one episode, uh, did you have, on the scale of one to ten, one being the worst thing you've ever seen, ten being the best, uh, and uh, associating it associating it with a silly object or something from the episode, there's not much silly in this episode, so uh, what, what rating would you give this? Uh, well, look, I'll check on my Ziggy hand link. <laughs> uh, look, my calculations come up with an eight out of ten. All right. Uh, the only reason that I didn't give it a 10 out of 10 is because I do want to know what ends up happening to the Sulaban. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, at the very end, my mind did wander a little bit to other ways they could have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's only because I've seen it twice. But when I think I could have come up with a better ending, that's uh, when a mark comes off. So. Mm-hmm. I really like the ending, but I didn't think yeah. of that ending you thought of, which sent yeah. chills down me. So uh, that's that's a good ending. Um, having see, I'm going from a different perspective. You've only seen this yeah. one episode. I've seen the entire series. Yeah. Um, I think I would have given it a seven or an eight in uh, any other time, but the way it hit me, being a father and being in the current fascist forward climate we're in it really does resonate so much more so i'm gonna give it uh, a nine out of ten and i'll just give it nine did you give it an object what object did you pick i don't want to oh, i just i just used my hand link to calculate oh, okay that's good i'll take it uh i'm just gonna give it a nine uh just a nine i i think there are a few episodes that are much better just because uh, they go more towards what um, I enjoy in Star Trek, like time travel and different things. So to me, there are more favorite episodes. But for a, a simple storytelling point, this episode, like I said, more timely than ever. And it really resonates. And it, it's, it's an important lesson. And if more people had learned that lesson 18 years ago, we might not be in the mess we're in. Yeah. So. Okay, great. All right. Uh, any other uh, thoughts on this episode before we uh, close this thing out? Um, well, I want to see a little bit more of Star Trek. Like I said, a, a good TV show always leaves you wanting more. Mm-hmm. I want to know what happens to the Sulaban. It's a shame that you're telling me I'm not going to find out. But uh, 
you find out a lot more, but you don't find out everything. Because I think they okay. really went for the seven-season story arc, and there was four seasons. Uh, but there's yeah. still an ending. So. Well, that's good. I have heard a little bit about the ending, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of I've people don't like it. it. Was very, yeah, I heard it was very poorly received. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because, uh, from what I hear, I think it's because they made it more about all the other, all the other incarnations of Star Trek instead of Enterprise. At the so, time, um, it was canceled. Uh, they said yeah. this is the last Star Trek. There's no more Star Trek on television. So what they did is they wrote a episode to end all Star Treks. Right. Instead of giving uh, Enterprise its ending. I think they should have done both. I think if they didn't yeah. did both, it would have been great. Like this episode before, the what ended up being the final ending or the episode after, they gave Enterprise their ending. That would have been better. But instead, they said, this is the end of all Star Trek, and it didn't really focus on Enterprise. And that's the one time Scott Bakula said uh, he had words with the people in charge. Because it wasn't fair to do to that cast, because they were a really good cast, a really good show. I mean, great. But uh, when you take that whole thing out of uh, the final episode, the final episode for me is very enjoyable. Okay. So... Because I've seen every Star Trek, so to me, I cried at the on the last episode because I believed, like everybody was saying, this was the final Star Trek. I had no idea that a couple decades later there'd be more Star Trek than you could like comprehend, which is great. That's yeah, not a bad for, thing. For some reason, the makers of Star Trek realize people want it and they bring it back, mm-hmm. unlike another show that we are fans of. Hopefully, you never know. Um, oh, uh, tell. Tell us a little bit more about uh, your work with the other uh, Quantum Leap podcast, and maybe uh, give them a little, uh, a little. Can you can you tell us anything like a little snippet of something coming up on that show? What is it called? The Starbright Podcast, right? Uh, the Starbright Project, Project. podcast. Okay. Yeah, it's hosted by friends of the Quantum Leap Aaron podcast, Moss Aaron and, and Aaron Moss and his wife Michelle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and hope to have him or her on, on this show eventually. That would be good. And uh, in our latest episode, uh, I brought in a mystery guest, uh, and this mystery guest uh, was very, very well received. (laughs) I know you know. Gave us some very good insights into Quantum Leap. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, gave us some answers and maybe some more questions. Yeah, I ended up with more questions than answers, but... That's, I guess that's just what TV writers do. So how, how would they find that podcast? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> However, any of us find anything, right? Yeah, I suppose we just Google it. And yeah, Google it. it and so it's I, a, um, the Starbright yeah, podcast. I, I could pay. I don't think that it has a website. I oh. think you've got to download an app and and really? download the podcasts onto the app. So okay. well, that's why I'm not that familiar with it. <laughs> after after we disconnect, maybe one of us will uh, Google it and put the link in the show notes. How's that sound? I think that's a very okay, good idea. So stay tuned yeah. for that episode if you're a fan of Quantum Leap because you're going to love it. Other yeah, than and that, I also mm-hmm. hosted uh, or co-hosted the episode of the Quantum Leap podcast for, um, for Lee Harvey Oswald, mm-hmm. which is uh, another very divisive episode. Loved it. Uh, One of my favorites, yeah. if not my And favorite. I have my own segment, which I've been starting to get back into. And uh, <laughs> What's yeah, that segment called? Going on. What's that segment called? Okay. Um, the segment is called Quantum Deep. All right. It's uh, – <laughs> Well, Very innocent on my part. Was it? Once. Was it really? I just thought, yes. Because <laughs> really? I just thought, well, it's something we think deeply about in, in this particular segment. And I overly analyze everything for much for, to the laughter of anyone listening. <laughs> I enjoy uh, it. And I then, 
yeah. And then I found out from a listener, I can't remember who it was, but uh, they sent us a message saying, uh, did you know that Quantum Deep is the name of a porn parody movie that was released <laughs> in the 90s about like parodying Quantum Leap? And I'm like, well, no. Uh, as you're, as you're stage, typing in search engines, right? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe you did. I did. I, uh, I definitely did. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. <laughs> but by that stage, everyone knew the name of my segment, so I couldn't change it. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I heard you name it that, I was like, ha! Because I'd already, I'd already watched the thing, which we should do a commentary yeah, like on eventually one time. Yeah, you could have given me a heads up, but uh, no. yeah, having I just figured, a laugh at my expense. I just figured, you know, you know, that's uh, you're a fan. You know, I'm not. I'm not here to judge. Well, I admit I am, you know, very naughty, as you know. So uh, <laughs> you probably thought it was in my character. Yeah, exactly. But uh, thank you for uh, not being so naughty on this show. I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. I only got in one naughty thing, I think. Uh, <laughs> so where where can people find out more about you? Uh, you're are you a math uh, professor, tutor? What are you, what do you call yourself? A math magician? Oh, uh, that'll do. Yeah, I'm um, a math teacher and tutor. I've been uh, lecturing engineering maths at RMIT, although not this semester because of the coronavirus outbreak, but uh, still working and tutoring. If anyone needs any uh, tutoring with their maths, they can also get in contact with me as well. Um, I'm the only Hayden McQueenie in the world, so it's not that (laughs) difficult to find me. Really? There's like 15 Albert Burgess, so I got to literally put out one thing a day, so I'm on the top of Google. See, Um, but now what you've got to do is you've got to send friend requests to every single one. That's what people do, apparently. They send friend requests to everyone who has their same name. Isn't that confusing? You end up talking to yourself. Mm. Well, it's the only intelligent conversation I ever Mm. have. My last name is a made-up last name when people immigrated to the United States, so uh, I think we all have the same great-grandfather. Okay. Something like that. Um, before we go, we have a little segment that we do. I don't know if you kind of can uh, participate or not because you're a brand new Star Trek fan, hopefully. Hopefully I've given you the Well, look, bug. I'm a voyeur anyway. I'll enjoy watching. Okay. So we have this thing called Trek and Tell. And I'd like to thank okay. uh, Christopher D. Philippus for coming up with that name because it's very, uh, very nice. I like it. So we show a little Star Trek thing. Do you have anything in your house? I doubt. But do you have anything in your house Star Trek? I had a look and I couldn't think of anything. Okay. So I'm interested to see what you've got. Well, I brought you your Star Trek and tell. Okay. Because, uh, I I don't know if you know Hayden, but he's a great guy. So birthdays, Christmases, even though he lives in Australia and shipping is ridiculous to ship something across the globe. He always sends something to me and my daughter for any occasion. Whenever he finds something, Star Trek, I couldn't even gather everything. Well, I've got, there's so many things. It could be anything, but this is the one I grabbed. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought the Hot Wheels. Yeah. Yep. And, and you, uh, this is a Hot Wheels, uh, enterprise 1701, uh, I believe from uh, it could be the JJ one. I'm not sure. Uh, Lift it up a little bit. 2013. So probably, but uh, you've sent uh, Rennie and me uh, the uh, Star Trek original series Hot Wheels that have the pictures of the cast on the side. You've sent me uh, tricorders, phasers, uh, different enterprises. I mean, I couldn't get everything together. And I, I very much appreciate that because um, being a lonely guy now, that's how I identify myself as a lonely guy. Um, I don't get many gifts because the only person that really gives me gifts is my daughter. And I appreciate everything she gives me, makes me, but you know, I used to always get Star Trek gifts and, uh, you're the one person that keeps 
keeps on sending them, and I really appreciate that. So that's yeah, your well, truck. When, when I see one, I, I know you'll like it, so I just grab it. So. Uh, and I appreciate that. I, and this, this shipping's got to kill you. This is my truck and tell for this episode. Do you recognize this? I didn't know because it has, has it made it enough in the pop culture to get somebody who isn't a Star Trek fan to recognize it? I have no idea what that is. Really? Oh, wow. It's called a Tribble. Okay. Can you hear it? Oh, is that like a, a Star Trek animal, is it? Yes. They, um, <coughs> they, um, they're born pregnant okay. and they replicate at crazy rates. So if they go uncontrolled, if they eat, they have babies. So it's essentially a gremlin. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feed it after midnight. This one I got in Las Vegas uh, at Beautiful. the Star Trek experience. I spent so much money there, but I enjoyed myself. Okay. And he responds to movement. Or he or she, I'm not sure. Like, maybe she. Uh, I think they're hermaphroditic, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, that. if it's born pregnant, it's probably a woman. But <laughs> uh, Probably. But you don't know. But anyway, um, there's a lot of episodes about that. I mean, maybe three or four Four that I can think of about Tribbles. So that might be some uh, tangent for you to go on if you're ever interested. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure that I could come up with a lesson about geometric sequences with uh, with Tribbles. That's where, you know, a sequence um, is created by multiplying by the same number every time. So like you said, they grow at massive, massive rates. And if they're not capped, then there's, there's issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll end up becoming a bit of an exponential curve. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Sounds familiar. Yeah. But speaking of hermaphroditic animals as well, I heard uh, uh, it's possible that uh, for Finding Nemo 3, it'll be Finding Marlin, and it'll be all about him transitioning to um, to a female clownfish. Is that true? Can they do yeah, that? Because what, what actually happens with clownfish, mm-hmm. this is like real clownfish, okay. what actually happens is um, they're all born male, but mm-hmm. the dominant one becomes the female and is the breeder. And if the female dies, then the next dominant male is the one that transitions and becomes the wow. female, which will end up being the breeder. And what happens at the start of Finding Nemo? The mom dies. Yeah. And so who's the dominant male? Mom. Marlin. I would like that. So, I would like that. Yeah. That would be nice. It would teach a good lesson yeah. to, uh, to everybody, I think. Yeah, although I don't really want to think about how it's going to go afterwards because who's left to breed with Marlin? Well, there's other there's other uh, coral with other clownfish, right? Well, the only other clownfish we know of is Nemo. So that's yeah, no, that would be too biblical. The the incest and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'd go incest, but it'd be cool uh, if he transitioned. But, but ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully after he transitions, they will find other clownfish. And <laughs> Pixar can do no wrong. I've never sat in a Pixar movie and went, "That's bull." <laughs> You know, they always make me cry uh, by the time I wasn't I'm a fan of Cars too, but otherwise everything. Oh, well, that's because you're a McQueenie and he's a McQueen, right? So th- you're related yeah. to him in some some it way. It should have been about lightning. It wasn't supposed to be about Mater. Mm. <laughs> All right. Yes. Is that everything? I think that's everything. I think so. And uh, are you going to uh, pull some of this to be on a segment on one of the Quantum Deeps coming up? I think so too. So yeah, okay. do you want to just Google Drive me the web of your audio and I will do I'll, all that uh, technical stuff. That is no problem. Cool. All right. Awesome. So uh, I really appreciate. I'll try and make myself sound somewhat coherent. <laughs> yeah, edit, edit all my bad parts out. Okay, but so that most <laughs> of it, you'll end up with five good minutes. I'm good for five minutes an hour. 
Um, so that's that's it for uh, this uh, recording of Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. And uh, this time we took on Star Trek Enterprise with a brand new person never watching Star Trek before, Hayden McQueenie, yeah. the co-executive producer of the Quantum Leap podcast. So all the links that we mentioned will be in the episode description. Unless I forget them, then they won't be. <laughs> yes. All right. So and now that and now that Scott Bakula mm-hmm. as Sam Beckett has freed all the Sullivan, he can finally leap. Ah, that would be good. But uh, as you know, leaping doesn't depend on success. Depending yes, on the season, but he did succeed this time. Did he? All right. Well, we'd hope so. See, now you make me want to watch more. Damn it! More what? Star Trek or <laughs> well, Star Trek? Yeah, because yeah. I need to know what happens now. Uh, did you want to know the truth? That was my secret plan all along. I'm, I'm hoping you come back on the show and be like, oh, we got to do this episode. I love this episode. You're always welcome back. It was great to have you. And um, until next time, I'm Albie. And I'm Hayden. Thank you for listening to Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Please support the show by going to patreon.com slash trekaholic. Send written or audio feedback to trekaholicpod at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 305-707-TREK. That's 305-707-8735. And don't worry, no one will pick up. It's only for voicemail. Visit our website at trekaholic.com for more information. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is not affiliated in any way with CBS or Paramount. I'm your announcer, Zoe Dean. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast, is a Baron Space production.